Welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. Hi guys, Joe Mendoza here in sunny San Diego. Welcome to my show. Thanks so much for watching, subscribing, and sharing the great words of wisdom. Today, guys, we have Josh Eidington. Uh, he's from DXE Properties, and he's in multifamily acquisitions. We're going to be diving deep on how his company has grown tremendously over the past few years. Josh, welcome to our show. Thank you. It's good to be here, Joe. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us your story before real estate. How did you get involved in the transition over? Sure, sure. So I, uh, I'll give you the, the speed version, but I, uh, I, I read a lot of books. I, I read at least one or two on your shelf right there. And that, that um, I think, piqued my interest. Um, I, I did not go to college for real estate, no real formal education on that side. Um, I was working for a software company, got just read a lot, said, hey, I want to get into real estate, ultimately made a transition, almost cut my salary in half to work as like a real estate analyst um, for a larger firm, started doing a deal on the side or so a year. Um, building up my own personal portfolio and ultimately left um, that analyst role, which became an acquisitions role and, and started DXE here with my partner. Um, so we did in a pretty entrepreneurial way, but have now acquired about 60 or $70 million worth of real estate, predominantly multifamily, predominantly in the Southeast, although we have done a couple, a few opportunistic projects, neighborhood retail and um, a couple of condo development projects as well. Nice. Then, so did you up and leave your regular day job or were you doing it part-time or are you still out there right now? No, I, I left probably be almost four years by now. Nice. Uh, but I did have a portfolio. I may have been 150, 200 units at the time when I, when I left, um, which frankly was a lot to manage to at once. Got it. Now, were you flying solo or did you do syndications? What was kind of your strategy, how you accumulated property? Always syndicated in some way, shape or form. Sometimes it was more of a, a partnership, call it, than a true syndication. Uh, but really now with DXE and, and larger deals that we're doing, um, everything's syndicated. Um, we do work with just individual partners that have worked with us in the past and maybe a larger investor, but it's not too far outside of quote unquote syndication. Got it. Got it. And then how, um, what do you think some of the challenges were in the beginning for, for you, or if there was any challenges to get into this kind of business? Oh, I'd say lots of challenges. And uh, this, this business is always presents new ones as well. Um, but I, I think that getting into the business, like a lot of new businesses, the challenge is reputation, that I just did not have one for better or worse. Uh, I had no experience, whether it be a potential investor I'm speaking to or a, a broker to try to get a deal or even, even a property manager wanting to work with someone of just greater professionalism or scale. Um, without having reputation, it's, it's difficult. And how did you overcome that? So I, I really leveraged my full-time role um, at, at working at a larger firm where I was able to tap into some of their experience, tap into some of those same networks and um, really relied on their reputation to piggyback off of that to the best extent that I could. 
Got it. Got it. Now, do you guys have a certain formula when identifying property? What's kind of your strategies going in a certain cap rate value at play? What's kind of your strategy? We tend to be more value add driven. So our going and cap rate, I won't say it doesn't matter, but it's a little bit secondary. Um, we've bought deals that have been in the cap rate was probably in the threes um, because we felt there was a lot of value. Um, so we're more so basis driven. We like to be the guys that are swinging the hammer that are fixing something that's broken. Uh, so we want a, a strong underlying price and then we'll, we'll drive value and hope pegs out at a nice and low cap rate. Um, I, I think from a profile of deals perspective that we're looking at it, it, it tends to be eighties and nineties vintage. Um, we do own some seventies vintage deals and we look for something that's just, there's a meaningful gap to market. Um, like I said, we're, we're looking for a story. We're only going to do a deal or two a year. Um, yet we're offering on two deals a week, I would say, and underwriting probably six. So um, the intention is to just find those one or two diamonds in the rough. We, we have not won a fully marketed deal in a long time. It's always been leveraging all the relationships we possibly can to get that look or two and compete with a smaller pool of people. Got it. Got it. Now you mentioned also you do development. You have some retail, some condos. Is that something you're pretty active in now? Or was that something like you're, um, you've done in the past? Uh, so on the retail side, we, we made a, uh, called an investment thesis or a bet, if you will, on just neighborhood shopping. Uh, looking back a few years, Everyone was very sour on retail. Obviously there's for good reason, shift to um, just the internet for everything that you do. And um, our, our bet was on just neighborhood shopping being something that you would need forever. You know, your barbershop, your Dunkin' Donuts, your pizzeria, it's gonna be able to diff, you know, you can't replace that or you wouldn't think you could replace that super easily. Um, so we bought a couple also just call it unique deals was through an accountant, the other one um, through a relationship of mine that were just direct. And we felt like we got them at a strong basis and knock on wood, they held up really well through throughout COVID. Um, actually, every single tenant is fully caught up on payment. So we're, we're fortunate and I can't say we, uh, we saw it coming by any means because I don't think anyone could, but at least that part of the thesis is held up. Um, and then on the development side, my partner's background is actually in um, development, specifically in New York City. So he's led in um, for sale townhome development, um, also in suburbs of New York City Metro. And uh, those were situational. It's not necessarily something we're actively pursuing today, um, but uh, it, it catered well to his background and experience on the development side. Now, how far away from your home base do you guys normally go uh, for your investments? We will, well, as you know, Southeast. So even though we're here in New York, we will, we own in Atlanta, we own in Charleston, South Carolina, we own in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it's not necessarily because it's the best market in the world. I think you could you know, you could very much uh, look at Phoenix and say, wow, Phoenix is so much stronger than Atlanta. What are you doing? 
Um, but the reality is, I, I think there's an enormous amount of growth in a lot of those cities. And for us, it's really important to be able to jump on a plane, leave early, be back that night and get a lot done. Whereas we can't fly across the country efficiently back and forth as we manage some of these heavier lift deals. Um, you know, for us, when we take over a deal that's a heavy lift, if we're not there monthly, it's uh, too infrequent, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So how big is your team currently that uh, you guys are working with, staff, partners, or whatever? So that's a good question. I guess extended staff is probably 12 people or so. Um, and then us, I mean, it's myself and a co-founder that really run DXE from a asset management investor relations perspective. And we also have some part-time bookkeeping and accounting help. Um, but it, we do, we run mean and lean. Um, we own our portfolio at seven deals, which we could really efficiently um, run. And frankly, it's where our portfolio is going to stick around within seven, seven to 10 deals as we buy and sell them over the years. Got it. Got it. Now, is that uh, something you're going to be eventually doing 1031 exchanges and trade up and bigger and better is what, what's kind of the long game? Yeah. So it depends is my uh, answer. We, we have done a couple 1031 exchanges, um, that we've been a part of and I'm a big believer in. And that is the intention. And with each of those exchanges, we're really looking at what we're trading from too. So any anytime we sell and do a 1031, we wanna be pursuing better quality at the end of the day. Um, so we sold a 62 unit called older C-class deal in a um, Cincinnati Metro and 1031 that into a uh, 80s deal in Atlanta in a much better location. And, and that's been much of the driving force behind our 1031s, at least. Got it. How are you typically deal sourcing uh, nowadays? Letters, brokers? What's, what's your typical way of deal sourcing? You know, I've had very little success on the, on the letter side. I, I, I don't know how many of your um, podcast participants have, have had success with letters. I'd love to talk to them if that's the case. Uh, but it, it tends to be through brokers right now, especially our deal size has grown a bit from when we started. Um, so we don't see too much, too many like 15, 20 plus million dollar deals that are really trading truly off market um, outside of any broker influence. Um, but we have done a couple through property managers that they got paid along the way in some sort of a broker capacity, but it was more of a um, off-market, real off-market situation, I would say. Got it. And you mentioned your staff. So do you have any people on your staff that are like um, acquisitions managers? That's all they focus on is acquisitions or looking at LoopNet? Or do you have anything like that on your team? No, we really carry the burden of acquisitions on for us, the uh, the owners here. I, I don't know how I would... Uh, do giving someone else that that role and responsibility maybe at some point but I, we're just not there yet every deal that we do is is so important we can't we certainly can't shift the burden of that responsibility so everyone on our team is more more so operational got it got it now who's doing what are you guys pretty equal as partners 
Um, do you guys both have the same strengths on analytics or one's better in analytics and the other is better at um, raising capital? What's kind of like your, your um, relationship? How's it, how's it set up? So I, I definitely lead in the acquisition side, um, especially because that was my role when I was working um, in the past. And a lot of those relationships are mine. And then my partner, Donato, he definitely leads in anything construction management or called higher level asset management. And then the money raised side is, is definitely both of us. Uh, we're definitely active in any relationships of, of both of ours for each and every deal that we're pursuing. So it's a, it's a imperfect uh, science that we have built up here, but I think there's, there's good checks and balances that allow us to keep operating and, and not be stuck doing the same thing twice. That's awesome. And how did you guys hook up? Was it uh, you guys were friends forever or how did you get, get together? You know, it's, it's a funny story. Um, my, uh, I guess he's a cousin, a cousin-in-law uh, worked with him out of college. They worked at Turner Construction together 15 years ago or so. And um, ever since then, my cousin-in-law organized like a dinner and dreams where we would just meet up every six months, just see what the other person's working on. And um, about four years ago, I, I was going off on my own and I was committed to that. And we had one of these dinner and dreams and um, like any good partnership that comes together, we had a few drinks and I just said, hey, come on board. We'll be 50-50. Um, I know you bring a good skill set and we've known each other for a while and, and it, it worked well. He was able to, he continued working full time. He worked for a large um, pension fund in the city, in, in New York City for another six months or so. We closed our first deal together and then he, he took the leap with me. Um, so that's, that's gone well. It's a, uh, the partnership thing is always, always interesting as you jump into it. My advice to people is always, if you don't know that person, start with a deal and, uh, rather than thinking a, a forever and just make sure it works with that and take it one step at a time. That's a great, great tip. Now talking to the audience who's, uh, probably listening, never done a syndication, never invested in multifamily, any other words of advice or tips you would want to share? I would say, take your time, learn, listen, you know, podcast after podcast, I think listen in and absorb. Um, I think there's a lot of different paths to be able to be successful in the same breath. This, this world can be a little bit like the wild west. Um, if you sort of aren't armed with good checks and balances and have a good head on your shoulders from an education perspective. So I, I think take your time, utilize free resources. If you have just close friends that are in this business already, try to tap into them and, and learn. And then ultimately you're going to have to jump into the unknown, but I'd say learn first. That's awesome, Josh. Anything else? Uh, best way to get a hold of you? Anything you're promoting? Uh, so really just promoting ourselves. Um, DXEproperties.com. We, we love to talk to people, whether you're a first time real estate investor getting started, want to pick our brains a little bit, um, or, or you're an investor that's looking to just broaden your own reach into different sponsors. We're happy to connect. DXEproperties.com. You can schedule directly on our website on the scheduler button there. Um, but otherwise, I, I really appreciate the time. It's been good being on here with you. Thank you so much, Josh, for being on our show and your contribution. And we wish you well. Thank you. You too, Joe.
Wow! I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So guys, look at the comment thread. If you've seen something or heard something, want to learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram. I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you wanna learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on Make It A Comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, Plex with a Plex, or Make It A Comeback. If you wanna get more tips, go ahead and go to joemendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like, make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you. Wanna add incredible value and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.